3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
4: The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded They pay respect to the Aboriginal Elders past, present and those emerging.
0: The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children.
5: I've never believed that she ran away. I will never accept that. Hillsville is a small town and, and, you know, very similar to probably every other small town in this country that has secrets. Somebody knows something.
6: It's National Missing Persons Week and one of the cases highlighted this year is Suzanne Lawrence, known as Susie, who has been missing since February 7, 1987. Susie was 16 and living in a town called Healesville in Victoria's Yarra Valley. Hillsville is a popular tourist destination around 52 kilometres from Melbourne CBD and is the gateway to the Yarra Valley wine region Heelsville Sanctuary is also just outside the town and is home to Australian wildlife. Back in 1987, Heelsville was a quieter place. Susie was one of four kids, the only girl among three brothers, two older, one younger. At the time of her disappearance, she lived with her mum Liz Westwood in Campbell Road, Heelsville. Susie went missing sometime late on Saturday night, February 7 when she was walking home after attending a 21st birthday party at the town's Memorial Hall. She's never been heard of since, no contact with her family or friends. I first got to know about Susie's disappearance when I contacted her mum Liz back in 2011. I was a reporter for the Lilydale and Yarra Valley Leader newspaper and was doing a series of stories about unsolved crimes and missing persons cases in Melbourne's outer east where I grew up and still live. I visited Liz at her home, then in Yarra Junction, and spoke to her about Susie and what was known about her disappearance.
4: You'd have some closure to hear something. It's just so disturbing to to not know. There's no finalisation. It just goes on and on and on. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know she's living in somewhere with a husband and, you know, kids.
6: Not much has happened over the years with information about Susie's case. In the first few years after she went missing, there were some media appeals. The Channel 7 program, Australia's Most Wanted, even did a segment about Susie. The local paper would follow up on Susie's story during Missing Persons Weeks over the years that passed, and Liz would retell all that she knew, which wasn't much about her daughter's last known movements. Liz even travelled interstate to follow up on possible sightings of Susie, but these came to nothing. As you listen to this episode, you'll discover there's a lot of questions that Susie's family and friends have about her disappearance and some of the information that circulated at the time. It doesn't
5: make sense to us that a that a 16 year old girl would just vanish and have the the resources to be able to do that, especially back then in a time when there was no mobile phones, there was no social media. Her bank accounts have never been touched. Like, where did she go?
6: When Susie went missing, she'd just returned to school after a time away. For a while, she'd moved out of her family home to live at a friend's place. Susie had left Hillsville High School in 1986 to go to work, and she and Liz were butting heads, like mums and teen daughters do. Susie wanted to assert her independence and they'd had an argument about Susie spending her whole pay on an expensive pair of jeans. Susie eventually moved into the local home of a friend and Liz accepted this, knowing Susie was not far away. But later in 1986, Susie was involved in a car accident where she sustained serious injuries and was in traction in hospital for many weeks. In early February 1987, she was recovering from her injuries though she still needed the aid of a walking stick to get around, and she'd just returned to school. Life was looking up for Susie after some difficult events in her life, including the death of her father in 1985, the car accident, and breaking up with a boyfriend. Over the past few years, I've spoken to people, on and off the record, about Susie's disappearance. You'll hear from Susie's mum, Liz, her brother Tony, Two of her closest friends from then, Tracy and Natalie, and two men, Matthew and Glenn, then a similar age to Susie. They'd bumped into Susie near the entrance of Queen's Park in Hillsville that night. It's quite possible that theirs was the last sighting of her. What happened after seems to be a mystery.
7: A tow truck come flying out, like, or squealing, like, I'm talking like, you know, nearly sideways. If we were there and Susie was walking slow, she would have been halfway through the park at that time. Surely the tow truck must have seen her.
6: You'll also hear about two alleged sightings of Susie the next day, on Sunday February 8. One of Susie in Healesville's Main Street talking to some boys at a car, and another of her with a young man at a local music festival. The way missing persons cases were investigated was a little different back then, Remember, there was no social media, no mobile phones, and it was initially thought Susie had run away and that she'd be found. At least that was a reassurance Liz was given by the town's police.
8: There's never been a great deal of detail about these sightings. They're only reported sightings. I've never seen anything from the police about these. To my knowledge, any of my family have never had a personal conversation with anybody who saw her in those next 48 hours.
6: These sightings have woven their way into the story of Susie's disappearance and reported on over the years, even in my own initial stories I did with Liz. But there's always been a sense from people close to Susie that these could have been mistaken sightings.
5: Why didn't the police come to our school? Why wasn't there a caravan set up in the main street asking for information? Why weren't there posters on, you know, everywhere looking for this local girl?
6: It should be noted that on the Australian Federal Police and Victorian Police websites where Susie is listed as a missing person, the information states that Susie failed to return home after a birthday party on the 7th of February and has not been seen since that date. There's no mention of the alleged sightings the next day. Here's Susie's close friend from the time, Tracy Squires, who went to the party with her that night.
9: Yeah, so we spent a lot of time together sort of after school, on weekends and yeah, just yeah, we we had a really good relationship. She was very caring, she was fun, very bubbly. But, you know, also, you know, she'd lost her father too, so, you know, she was very saddened by that and she'd sort of moved from her hometown, I think in in Esperance in WA and then moved down to uh Jiparat, I think, in Victoria before she came to and so she sort of struggled with losing her dad but yeah no she, she was a really you know cool chick and Tracy were you at
6: the party that Susie was at the night that she was last seen
9: yes I was with her that night
6: can you tell me about your recollection of that night and what happened
9: yep so earlier that day Susie and I had gone to Box Hill shopping centre in Box Hill, Box Hill Central. She'd brought this beautiful white dress and I had two. Both were different and the dresses were probably a little bit over the top for the party we were attending. We were attending a 21st and she had just broken up with her boyfriend and I had met her at the party. So she, she was sort of sad and, of course, she had the cane so it was hard for her to dance so she was quite upset. We, she was upset, so we went outside. There was sort of a stairwell to the Memo Hall in Hillsall, and we sort of sat out there, and I said to her, look, I'll just go back inside and get us a drink. I come back out. She was gone, and I, I don't recall whether I went back inside to see if she was there or whether I sort of went down the stairwell and walked up to the, the driveway that led down to the library, and I sort of looked up and down to see you know, obviously she'd gone, but I don't know if I did that prior to going inside, so I'm not sure which came first. And that's what i recall of that night.
6: Tell us about the days and weeks after it became clear that she'd gone missing.
9: Well, I mean, I obviously had the police come around to my home quite a few times because I think they sort of thought I knew more than what I did, which I, I did not But the next day her mother, Liz, rang me to see if she had stayed at my place because I was actually meant to stay at Susie's and I'd said, well, no, she she left. And I sort of recall, I don't think I was that concerned that night. I just sort of thought, well, she was upset, so she's left. Yeah, so sort of the rest is a bit of a blur, I guess. I just, I didn't believe she'd left on her own, own accord, but, but I, I guess being young, I, I sort of didn't know what to think, what to what to make out really, to be honest.
6: Because you are only you were both 17, 16, 17,
9: weren't you at the time? 16, going on 17, a yeah. couple of months short of 17, yeah.
6: What I've found interesting just through talking to people, and look, initially when I've spoken to Liz, Liz talks about the sighting the next day of Susie at Yarra mm. Glen, that Susie had been sighted and that, you mm. know, it seemed to be a reputable sighting. What do you think of that sighting the next day? Over the years, what have you thought of it?
9: Yeah, I I, I yeah, I don't believe that. I think I, I know the person that said she cited her, but I just feel that there would have been a lot more people that would have cited her being a local event. There would have been more than one person. So I, I think that um, the person that's seen her, I think she's probably just got her wise crossed and she might have seen her a couple of days prior, maybe down the main street or somewhere else. So I, I don't think she was cited there.
6: And also, as you've mentioned and Liz mentioned, I mean, at the time, Susie was walking with a cane because of her injury she got in yes. that quite that very serious car accident. I mean, there was someone yes. killed in that car accident mm. that they were passengers in. So it would have been quite obvious if you'd seen her. And even on that night, obviously, mm. she was having to walk with a cane and she was in her party dress. So yes. people would remember seeing her. So over the years, yes. Tracy, I mean, What's it been like for you to have your friend, your best friend, disappear and she's never tried to contact you, you've not known what's happened? Can you tell me a bit about the impact on you with that and what you've – maybe have you changed your mind about what you think's happened to
9: Susie? Well, I think I've blocked a lot of it out, to be honest. I don't like to – i guess i just don't like to get hurt so i don't like to dwell on things and think about things so I, I i've blocked a lot of it out but you know i mean of course i think about it you know all the time when it when it comes to the day she disappeared and you know her birthday and all that but i think from sort of day one well probably day one i initially thought maybe she had to have just taken off but as the years have gone on I, yeah i don't think she wouldn't have done that to her family. She wouldn't have done that to her mum. She would have contacted her, to be honest.
0: What was
6: it like growing up in Hillsville at that time? It was nineteen you know, the nineteen eighties. heelsville was it was like a little sleepyish town back then. I mean no, it's gotten a bit more popular now with tourism, but tell me about what it was like growing up there.
9: Oh, you know, it was a great little town. I think being a small community, everybody had each other's sort of back and, you know, everybody knew everybody and, you know, everybody was sort of friends with everybody. I mean, sure, people, you know, it was always someone you didn't like, of course, but, yeah, I mean, I had a great sort of childhood growing up there and, you know, my teenage years there.
6: Matthew Hughes was walking home with a mate late on the Saturday night and they ran into Susie near the entrance of Queen's Park. They all knew each other, as many of the young people did in the town. Matthew recalls Susie told them she was heading home, and they even offered to walk her through the park, but she declined. He also remembers seeing a tow truck in the vicinity of the park that night. For years, Matthew has wondered about what happened to Susie after they said their good nights, and feels regret that he did not walk with her through the park.
3: i have lived in Hillsville from um, the age of five, went to Badge Creek Primary, and then to Hillsville High, left high school in the middle of 1987 to join the Navy and then spent 21 years in the Navy. So I still have quite a few contacts down there, school friends. Going back to that Saturday night, I'm not sure what, what I was doing out that time of night, but it was quite common for us, us kids at 15, 16, 17 to be out after playing football and, and heading out for, a, not doing too much wrong, but just going to house parties and, and, and whatnot. I was with, Glenn Taylor at the time. And I think my recollection is we were walking back from the East End shops. So there used to be a milk bar down at the East End, walking past the old entrance to Queen's Park. Um, I believe that's been blocked off now. And we bumped into Susie as she was walking in towards the entrance. I think we offered to walk her home. And that's the thing that upsets me now. I still have memories of what if we did walk her home. But, you know, 16-year-old boys, Hillsville was a small town. There was never any issues back then. She knocked back the request saying she only lived on the other side of Queen's Park. I'm not sure exactly where her house was, but that, that's the comments that I remember from her. Glenn and I then continued to walk up Badger Creek Road. Now, I, I've got no idea where we were going then. I might have been back to his place or up to my place. I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember the rest of the night. We were walking past... I think there was tennis courts on the left, well, that's before you get to the AFL oval, and there was lighting in Queen's Park. We couldn't see, I can't remember seeing Susie at that point, but I do remember seeing a tow truck in the uh, car park on the other side of the tennis courts, and then we continued on walking, and it wasn't until later that week, or early that week, where I got, um, where she, she came out that she'd never arrived home from somewhere, and... I think my mum contacted the police to say that I, I had spoken to her, and then we were interviewed by police back then. I don't recall her being upset over anything. I don't recall her being you know, in any trauma, just that she was, yep, it's all right, I'm heading home, I'm okay. I don't remember whether I came forward or Gwen and I came forward and said we, we actually saw her. I believe it came out through, you know, just through people chatting that Susie's hasn't come home. And then Maybe I spoke, I believe I spoke to mum, but I'm not 100% sure, and then we got in contact with the police. Then they interviewed us about what we saw and, and everything.
6: And have you, over the years, ever had any follow-up from police who are re-looking at the case?
3: Yeah. When I was serving in the Navy, I think it was between the period of 1998 and 2000, I had some detectives come on board the ship and asked me to go over my... Um, recollection of Susie's disappearance and the same thing as I've gone over here. I, I try to recall as much as I could. It's a hard thing for me to put into words what I think happened to Susie. I just, I just have guilt that I didn't walk her home. That's something that suddenly comes up every time this story comes around and it's, it's just that, that, guilt will never go away. The fact that we don't know what happened to her. I think she, she met Southlake. That's, that's my, my, that's probably a hard thing to say, but that's knowing, knowing Susie. A little bit at the time, she wasn't a person that would have just gone away and not to be found by anyone ever again, you know. So, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. So, oh, I'll just come forward and put some closure to it, you know. You 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 look at the the social pages when this pops up with with everyone around my age group that that knew Susie in the town of Hillsville, and it, it was a very small town at at that time. Um, we all knew each other, yeah, and and just to get closure for, for her family to all her friends and very close friends in town and just, yeah, if someone had any more information than what we've got, come forward and it help solve her disappearance. Yeah, I think it'll be a closure for a lot of people.
6: Glenn Taylor was with Matthew Hughes that night too. Like Matthew, Glenn also remembers seeing a tow truck, but he recalls seeing it driving, at speed, out of Queen's Park, which he later told police about.
7: My name's Glenn Taylor. Um, I was 16 years of age back then. And, uh, yeah, we just had a big crew of us and we all used to just go out a bit. And, uh, yeah, I just knew Susie through, yeah, the crew that we had going, growing up.
6: And so Saturday the 7th of February is the night that Susie had attended a 21st party at the Memorial Hall and she left that party and was walking home. Now, can you tell me... What do you remember of that night and seeing Susie?
7: Well, we were at well, what we called Rats at the time, and I'm pretty sure it was after the party. Yeah, Rats was a milk bar we used to hang around. We left there to to head home. on our On our walk home, Susie said good night. We all said good night. She walked off into the park to go home. We're on the footpath on the right hand side. There's a little bridge across the creek, and then Susie sort of headed off into the like where the main entrance to the park is which is still there and she just crossed the road yep good night she had a walking stick too so she was walking a little bit slower than the rest of us but yeah and then yeah good night Susie see you later
6: and um, tell me about the tow truck so what what did you see
7: um we just saw it well heard some crazy driving going on in the park and then a tow truck come flying out like it was squealing like I'm talking like, you know, nearly sideways. Um Yeah, just crazy driving, come stri- flying out the car park. Yeah, like they were just, I don't know, hooning around. Yeah, they were driving like they were being hoons. Yeah, like I, I can remember that quite vividly, but I can't remember how far up the street we were when we saw it. So from where we were there, after a few times I've thought, Well, if we were there and Susie was walking slow, she would have been halfway through the park at that time, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So when that tow truck come flying out the park, like now, you know, you, you put one and two together where we were to the time the tow truck come out, surely the tow truck must have seen her, or, or, if you know what I mean.
6: What were your last words to Susie or what was Susie's last words to you as you all went off in your different directions?
7: Oh, good night. See you, Susie. Take care. Well, it was just good night. Yeah, just see you later.
6: And as far as you were aware, Susie was heading where when she was walking through the park? Home. And, um, Glenn, when did you first find out that Susie was missing?
7: Oh, uh, I think when the police come around and ask me questions. I think that that's my first memory of it, of it when the police come around and ask and, um, yeah, I think the police, uh, I told them what happened, or my last accounts of it. That was the last time. I think I, they only ever come and saw me once. I told them about the tow truck. Yeah, they said that the uh, tow truck was a dead end. The way I see it is that that tow truck had to be looked at a lot more.
6: And over the years, Glenn, so obviously Susie's missing and there's some police investigation into it. Were people talking about her disappearance, wondering what happened?
7: Yeah, there was a lot of talk. Most of the talk I heard was that she ran away.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
6: Now regarding the tow truck sighting, I put a question among others to Victoria Police in relation to the investigation into Susie's disappearance. My question about the tow truck sighting was, At the time of the disappearance were sightings of a tow truck either parked in Queen's Park or exiting the park investigated to see whether the driver sighted Susie. The missing person squad, via Victoria Police's media unit, sent this response. Information about the presence of a tow truck in the area where Suzanne was seen at a time close to her disappearance has been explored. The driver of this vehicle has not been identified we would call on the driver of any tow trucks in the area of Queen's Park in Hillsville on the night of the 7th or early morning of the 8th of February 1987 to come forward with any information. Natalie Chillipano, then Natalie O'Day, was also a close friend of Susie. She wasn't at the party that night, but she and Susie had plans to catch up the next day. Natalie has never believed that Susie ran away.
5: She was in a year above me at school. We were pretty much around the same age. But I I think if I remember correctly, she came to school almost when I came to school, which was in Hillsville when I was in year nine. I moved up there from Melbourne and we sort of became friends. We had a lot of the same interests. I was a a, a bit of an extrovert and had loved to have crazy hairstyles and used to have pink hair and blue hair and yellow hair. And there was something about that that Suze and I gravitated together, brought us together, and, and we became really, really close friends. Suze had a, had one group of friends, which was sort of more in her year level, and then her and I had had a different friendship that was sort of away from that group of friends. I remember Suze having a car accident um, where she was really badly injured and um, me going and visiting her on, you know, a number of occasions And I remember once going in there um, with a girlfriend of mine who was also a friend of Suze's and we met John Blackman, the uh, old hey, hey, it's Saturday uh, announcer. And his daughter was apparently in the hospital at the time. And I always remembered that because we had a laugh about it with her as well. The last conversation I had with Suze was That day she called um, my house and it was interesting because my mum and her always got along really well. They're both quite spiritual and into star signs and all of this sort of stuff which fascinated Sue. She was right into that sort of stuff. She spoke to mum and said that she was going to come over on Sunday. Mum gave me the phone and I had a bit of a chat to her. I can't really remember exactly what we spoke about but I always had this feeling that I was going to see her the next day and that's why this has never felt right to me. Suze was quite an emotional person, and she'd had a lot of ups and downs, especially with the accident. You know, She was really badly injured and had a limp and had to have a walking stick, and that's really difficult for for someone of her age to have to deal with. I also, I forgot all about this, and, and friends reminded me of this as well, that because Suze had missed out on so much school, she'd come back into our year level. So she was with with me and and sort of her other group of friends, which I I know that she was really happy about that and excited about that. So, you know, I I remember that time to her being quite positive about the future and just really happy that she was, her body was healing and that she was going to come back with her friends and and be able to have a life, I suppose.
6: When did you first find out and how did you find out that Susie was missing?
5: Um, Look, I, I... I can't remember exactly. I had to ask my mum this question because she seems to remember me a couple of days later saying to her that coming home from school and saying that Suze wasn't at school and Suze was missing. It's strange, but I remember my mum and I going for a drive out to, I can't even remember what the road's called, it's out off the Don Road. I don't know what we were thinking. I, I I don't know why we even went there. But we just went for a drive because I just felt that, you know, what if someone had done something and she was somewhere and she needed help because I knew that she had a walking stick and she could be stuck somewhere or uh, anything. So we just went for I know it seems weird, but we just went for this drive. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, nothing ever came of that. But I think it was just a couple of days after that. And I think it was at school. But not, I, I don't ever remember it being like an announcement at school assembly or our teachers ever talking about it. I know the police never came to the school. The police never spoke to me. I think they only spoke to any sort of eyewitnesses on the night, but definitely no one ever really spoke to me per se.
6: If they had have spoken to you, what do you think you would have told them? Look, you know,
5: I mean, I, I don't believe that Suze ran away. I don't believe that she was seen the day after. Because there's no reason, I mean, where did she stay that night? And this is the question I ask myself if that, where did, there's no reason for any of her friends to lie if she did stay at their house that night. And if she was seen making her way home, there's nowhere else on the way she could have gone. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I would have told them too that my recollection was that I was going to see her that next day. You know, my recollection is that she was pretty positive about being at school and, and, you know, getting on with her life. She had every reason to be happy.
6: And you mentioned the the sightings of her on the Sunday. Now, this is what Liz Westwood, Susie's mum, understands and, and you know, it's, it's kind of on the public record now that these sightings were reported. One of them was at the Country Music Festival in Yarra Glen where... Susie's mum actually was that day and actually didn't really realise Susie was missing at that stage because as she said, kids would stay over at people's houses. It was, you know, the 80s, it was a country town. So there wasn't a reason to worry. And there was another one from a, a man, I believe, who thought he saw Susie talking to some boys at a car on Hillsville's main street. But there's something in my mind that wonders if those sightings were accurate. Has that gone through your mind too?
5: oh without a doubt I do not believe that they are they are accurate without a doubt I I just can't understand why I mean look you know people get it wrong I think I see people and and, you know from from a split second or what they wear or something like that might trigger that it's it is a person but people get that stuff wrong all the time that would be completely normal um you know and I say about the guys in the main street well where did she stay the night before I and mean, None of that makes sense. And who are those guys? Like, you know, really, were they, are they her friends? I, I don't know. I don't think they've ever been named. Have they been named? I don't know who they mm-hmm. are.
6: Come I've, forward. Yeah, I believe it was the person who was looking, thought they saw Susie, didn't know who they were. And and Liz has wondered and said to me, you know, she just wondered if Susie had met a new group of friends that she wasn't sure about. So these are all the questions that are going through her mind
5: yeah look I think you know Hillsdale was a very insular town and everybody knew everybody you didn't have to know them intimately but you certainly knew of people and a bunch of boys in the main street people would know who they are they might not be friends with them but they would know who they were I've I've never believed that she ran away I will never accept that you know I I think that as you grow older and you look at this situation with adult eyes, you ask yourself more questions. And and they're questions like, well, you know, why didn't the police come to our school? Why wasn't there a caravan set up in the main street asking for information? Why weren't there posters on, you know, everywhere looking looking for this local girl? I feel like there was none of that, looking at it as an adult. And that's when I started to ask those sorts of questions, like why, you know, what happened? Was there an investigation? You know, why weren't people asked? Why weren't why weren't people coming forward? There was all this, you know, talk and innuendo and this person and that person. But so it's always been this mystery or this, where is she? She's not, she did not run away. And I just will never accept that.
6: So if you're wondering these things, I know that other people are. So what's been some of the discussions around some of your old classmates or some of the people that you know around Hillsville are they, are they talking about this?
5: Yeah look you know it, it's funny because every now and then it you know you'll get I'll put a, a post on Facebook if it's an anniversary for Susan you know there'll be a comment or something but I think you know since I've been in contact with you and you and I have spoken that you know I've gone away and I've contacted a few of the old crew and it's really interesting. I think we all feel the same. We always felt that it just was almost like we were made to believe that she ran away and that was the only option. And now as adults we talk about it and we, and it doesn't make sense to us. And as parents now ourselves, we, it doesn't make sense to us that a 16-year-old that a girl would just vanish and have the, the resources to be able to do that, especially back then in a time when there was no mobile phones there was no social media. I don't even think we had F postcards back then. I mean, we might have just, but I mean, you know, her bank accounts have never been touched. Like, where did she go? She, she, she didn't have those resources. And I think, you know, now looking back and and looking back at some of the things that happened in that town as an adult, it sort of makes you question a lot of things. Susie had a life, and everyone that loved her deserves to know why that life is no longer and we deserve to know that and I think that by having these conversations and opening up these conversations to people is only a good thing and you know I know that Hillsville is a small town and and you know very similar to probably every other small town in this country that has secrets and somebody knows something and you know a lot of time has passed now people are getting older and we we are forgetting things or That sort of, I mean, we we just need to, people just need to be honest. They really need to be honest. And I think by having these conversations and all of us opening up and initiating these conversations with people from our past is only a good thing because it makes us look at, at a different perspective and things that we might not have talked about back then when we were 16 and 17.
6: What's one of your most cherished or lasting memories of Susie and your friendship? Oh, geez,
5: there's so many, you know, it's it's funny. I I found, you know, you go on these sort of after it's talking to you and talking to some friends this week, I found some photos of us and, you know, it was photos that I didn't even know I had, to be honest, which, which just brought back a lot of memories. And, you know, we used to have so much fun together and, you know, there was always a group of us around, but then there was also the times where her and I would you know spend together Susie was a really deep person for that age I think back now I was pretty crazy and you know a bit zany and you know a bit all over the shop but she had it together a lot better than I did and I just remember always having really in-depth conversations she was that one friend that you had those really deep conversations about boys and about feelings and about all of that sort of stuff so they'll always be my memories and as well as the photos, I found a lot of notes. I think back then, you know, not having, not having mobile phones and social media like we do now, there was lots of notes that we used to write to each other and I've still got, I think I found three of them, which were really beautiful and just reminded me of some of the really beautiful characteristics that she had.
6: Now we're going to hear from Liz Westwood, Susie's mum. When Liz talks about her daughter's disappearance, she often says, when Susie went away... It's been her way of coping with the mystery, the lack of information, and protecting herself from the thoughts of what could have happened to her daughter. When Liz first noticed Susie wasn't home on the Sunday after the party, she wasn't worried. She said it wasn't unusual for her to wake up on a Sunday morning and find a group of kids asleep on her living room floor. That's how it was back then, and she assumed Susie had stayed at a friend's place. Liz was at a local music festival with friends on the Sunday after the party. The event where there was an alleged sighting of Susie. It was when Susie hadn't surfaced by the Sunday evening that Liz became concerned and began ringing Susie's friends and reported her concerns to the Hillsville Police. In recent years, Liz has been visited by Victoria Police detectives about Susie's case, which is very much still an open investigation.
4: I suppose the rot sent in right at the beginning when the local Hillsville policeman says, Oh, don't worry, she'll we'll find her. You know, they're always found within forty eight hours. So mum didn't worry too much. We looked, you know, we went to all her friends' place. But, you know, they, it's not the same back then when as it is today when the police, you know, they get more involved in missing people nowadays for some you know. And Susie had been a bit of a naughty girl at times and not sort of run away, but not come home and things like that. And the cops had found her and bought her home. This had happened a couple of times. So they probably thought, oh, it's just another episode like that. On the surface, she was happy-go-lucky. But I think, you know, the accident was a pretty harsh thing on her because, you know, she just had to lie in a hospital bed with, You know, she couldn't move. She was in traction for a lot of the time. Most of the time she was in traction and just, you know, lying on her back all the time. She used to have visitors. I'd go and see her most days, which was she was in Box Hill Hospital. I was in Hillsall. I'd go down after work and see her. I think when she went away, we believed she'd come back. You know, we... We didn't believe that she'd gone missing because she'd done it before and the police had said, don't worry, we'll get her back sort of thing and I don't think any of us believed that she wasn't coming back. I suppose for years I didn't believe Susie was dead and now I don't know that she's dead but I presume she's dead. She could have walked back in in that door and I would have been over the moon, you know, and still would be the same, just... Just to know what happened because I've never ever let myself think that she was molested or murdered or that. I've never dwelt on that. Mm -hmm. Just for my own peace of mind, I haven't dwelt on that. If I lay in bed at night and thought thoughts like that, it would drive me up the wall, you know, I just couldn't have coped. Mm -hmm. I'm not blaming anyone. If if people can come up with some news that's positive and it just all it does is put your mind to rest, you know. I suppose you you probably get angry all over again and but you'd have some closure to 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 hear something. I mean I'd I'd love to know she's living in somewhere with her husband and you know, kids. She we couldn't find out that we went to the birth marriages and deaths, she wouldn't have had a birth certificate with her when she went, so we never couldn't find out that she she'd ever applied for a birth certificate, so they didn't reckon that she'd apply applied for one, so she couldn't have got married without a birth certificate. I don't know, imagine,
2: But
4: mm. that was just one thing that we could do to try and find if you know if she was still alive. Has it ever crossed your mind at all
6: that the sightings the next day of Susie may have? been from a distance or
4: not accurate or maybe not? No, because both the people said they spoke to her. The man that saw her in the main street talking to the boys in a car spoke to her and so did the hairdresser spoke to her.
6: Have you ever had the sense that people know more than they're willing to share or that simply Susie Vanished with people that other people didn't know. What's your genuine feeling?
4: I don't know. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. She was a bit down in the dumps when it happened, you know, around about that time because she'd gone back to school. She wanted to go back to work and the doctor said she couldn't go to work but she could go back to school. She went back to school on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday was the party and on the Saturday morning I took her down to have a look at a weeding of one of the nurses that nursed her in Box Hill Hospital and on the way down she said to me oh mum my bum hurts and I said to her, "Oh, okay I'll make you a cushion that you can carry around with you. So even going back to school she'd come home from school and she'd just flop on the bed and go to sleep and you know that probably going back to school wasn't as good as she thought it was going to be. And my thought was that she's met someone that's offered her excitement and she, they've, she's gone with them. That's the only thing I can think of. Look, if there's anyone in Hillsville that knows anything more than than we know, I suppose if she was murdered, they, they don't want to dob someone in, but it had put a mother's and a family's mind to rest to know what had happened. It's just so um, disturbing to, to not know. You know, if someone dies, you bury them and you know where they are, what's happened. But when you're losing someone like this, there's no finalisation. It just goes on and on and on. And it would be wonderful to be able to. Even if it's a a negative result that you can put your mind to rest and know what happened. I'm just sure there must be someone in Hillsville that knows, you know, what went on.
6: Tony Lawrence is Susie's younger brother, the youngest of Liz's children. Tony's accepted that he'll never see his sister again. However, he wants to know what happened to Susie and is urging anyone with information to share it with police.
8: Susie and I were fairly good friends. She was two years older than me. We both sort of knocked around together a fair bit. We, we shared several friends from school, because we're both in high school at the same time. So yeah, we were friends. We'd, we'd see each other all the time on weekends, and yeah, we, we looked out for each other, I guess. I think we all, we all knew the next day that We couldn't find her. We didn't really think she was missing. It was almost like she hadn't come home that day. I always recall the police not really being overly interested in her disappearance. It was more a case that they thought she was a teenager, rebelling, and not wanting to come home, and that, you know, she'd come home in her own good time. They didn't seem any real urgency about it. That's my strongest feeling from, from all those years ago.
6: Yeah, I remember speaking with your mum on a number of occasions and she said at the time there wasn't necessarily that worry because people kind of stayed at other friends' houses and she knew that Susie had been at the party the night before. So when did the police inquiry start to ramp up a little bit, do you recall? I sort
8: of recall it being the following week because everyone was asking questions and and the police got involved after... 24 hours, I sent to of So after that weekend, so that during the next week, the police started to get involved. And, of course, myself and my brother were out asking questions around anyone that might have seen her in the, in the town because it was a reasonably small town. We were looking for any friends that might have seen her that night or, or the next day or the day after that where she might have stayed. Yeah, so we were actively looking. And, and, and the police were involved after that sort of 24-hour period, from my memory.
6: What were people telling you about if they'd seen her or where they'd seen her?
8: There were one or two reports of seeing her the next day in the main street, and this was from uh, a parent of one of her friends, we believe, from memory. And that that was really about the only confirmed case we knew of seeing her the next day, aside from the music festival that we've spoken about. No-one else had seen her. No-one could believe that she'd gone away voluntarily even after one or two days, because it wasn't like her to not, not ring someone and say where she was. She'd at least ring home, and if I answered, she'd at least tell me, you know, just so everybody knew where she was. It, was. it was definitely out of character for her not to tell somebody where she'd been.
6: So there were possibly two sightings of her the next day. So where was she seen on the main street, and what was she doing?
8: She was seen the next day uh, opposite the hall where the party had been the night before, just in the main street at Hillsville, uh, she was seen talking to a couple of friends who I don't think we ever identified as who they really were. A couple of guys near a car in the main street. that was sighted by one of her friend's fathers, I think. So she, he would have known her. He would have known her by, by sight. But we don't know who the other people were. She was seen with the next day. She was seen in new clothes. So clearly she'd changed the clothes from the night before. But we've never been able to ascertain where she went that first night.
6: And you mentioned there was a sighting of her at the Yarra Glen Music Festival where your mum actually was at. What was that sighting?
8: So the sighting the next day at the music festival was from a lady who Susie had done uh, work experience with the previous year as a hairdresser. So they knew each other because they'd spent, spent time together. Uh, she claims at the time she saw Susie and uh, had a conversation with her, so she hadn't just spotted her in a crowd. She'd had a conversation with her, uh, and she didn't know the person she was with. But we've never been able to ascertain who she was with that day either. Interestingly, there was other people who she knew at that festival, my mother included, but nobody else sighted her that day. There was only one confirmed sighting or a reported sighting of her the next day at, at that music festival. I've always believed that. Something tragic happened to Susie either that day or the next day. So, although my feelings of what happened haven't really changed, it's impacted me differently as I've got older because it's uh, I should say it's 30 plus years ago. So, you know, as people, their feelings change and we mature over a long period of time. Um, but my feeling's always been something bad happened to her that night or the next night. I, I can't believe she would be able to stay away for this long from her friends and family. It's, it's just not, you know, I don't believe that for a moment, that she would have given up on all her friends she had in that town and her family, despite any differences she may have had with anybody. Um, I find it incredibly difficult to believe that she would have walked away voluntarily
6: from all that. So the sightings the next day have possibly posed a bit of confusion with this case. I mean, do you think that they could have been mistaken in what they saw?
8: So there's never been a great deal of detail about these sightings. There are only reported sightings. I've never seen anything from the police about these sightings. So, yeah, it's certainly possible because someone could have driven past in a car in the main street and thought they saw one because everyone was looking for her. So to see, you know, a a girl of a similar age with a similar look, with a similar hair colour, you could quite easily say, oh, that was her, I saw her down there, because everyone was conscious of of looking for her. I find the one the next day at the music festival the hardest to believe in a way because my mum was there. It was on a football-sized oval. You know, there were several other friends of hers that knew her there. And not one of them happened to bump into her in, in sort of moving around the music festival all day. Certainly over the whole journey, I, early on I was uh, still in contact with some people from Hillsville. i probably drifted away a bit from them now because I, I live in the state now. I have, I have had discussions with people around her. I've, I've spoken with some of her friends from back in those days. Uh, we've had discussions about what might have happened, but I've never really learned anything new or concrete from those discussions. I've always thought that somebody who lived in Hillsville, possibly even still lives in Hillsville, would know what happened to her from that night and the next day who could corroborate or confirm or deny some of these reported sightings. If anyone has that information, it's been so long that it's time it's that they come forward and made that known to people. It's a, it, it could only be something very small, but as you say, we, we've never really been able to substantiate what happened that night and then the next day. I think the longer this has gone on, the more important those, that next days become. I'll just call out to anybody who has any information, albeit rumours or hearsay, something they might have known for a really long time ago that they don't think is important, that they should come forward and make it known through Crime Stoppers or whoever they're comfortable talking to.
6: I've spoken to a few of Susie's friends and one man in particular who was about 16 at the time and he and his mates were walking home towards Queen's Park all on their way home and Susie was in that group and the last he saw was that she headed up through the park to go home. That's what she told them. And he feels that that could have been the last time she was seen what what do you think about those that information bearing in mind there were those two reports where we're not sure whether they were substantiated by police what do you think about the fact that that could have been the last time she was seen
8: i think it's highly probable it's highly likely she was never seen again you know i've never been able to speak with anybody who actually saw her the next day or the day after that. to my knowledge Any of my family have never had a personal conversation with anybody who saw her in those next 48 hours. It's highly likely that, yeah, he was the last one that saw her. We don't know what happened to her after that. You know, it may have been misadventures. She may have gone somewhere with somebody and things have escalated. Someone else has become involved. You know, that's when something bad's gone on. We don't know. It was the local police uh, investigating initially and I sort of recall there not being a lot of communication with the local police, but possibly they were talking directly with my mum because she was sort of in all the whole time. Uh, And obviously the parents are the one uh, that they would have contacted. But my recollection is there wasn't a lot of action. There wasn't a lot happening with any investigation into what had happened, particularly in those first seven days where if she was gonna be found or there was a trail, we would have found it in those early days. Most of what's ever come back from the police has come from the missing persons unit, not certainly not in the early days from local police. Uh, she hadn't taken any clothes from the house, she hadn't taken any money, she hadn't taken her, uh, you know, key card to get money from a bank account. She'd gone to a party with the plan of coming back home that night. She'd already made plans to see one of her friends the next day, so she, she hadn't planned to leave. There was no talk of we her going to a music festival the next day. None of that had been, been um, discussed. So, yeah, you know, we, we seem to think something happened to her that night and we've never been able to really substantiate who exactly saw her the next day, what the police reported to those people who they claimed they spoke to the next day and what was actually said, what was communicated there. So.
6: Tony, what are the questions you have in your mind? What are the questions you really want answered?
8: Well, the question in my mind has been for a while, who was driving the vehicle that was seen leaving Queens Park on that night? There's always been a question around that, and, and uh, the young guy that you mentioned who uh, had spoken with Susie, he he corroborates this vehicle leaving the park at the exact same time as she'd walk in there. So, what did the police find out about that when they when they went looking? Who who, who interviewed the people who were driving was driving that vehicle? Um, we've never been able to substantiate that, and we have never been able to substantiate exactly who saw her the next day and, and what was said and where she might have been going after that. There was, she was seen with somebody else, supposedly, the next day, but who was that person? Did the police ever find out who that person was who was seen with her the next day?
6: Had you heard about the tow truck sighting previously, whether it was first-hand, second-hand, third-hand?
8: I had heard about it from the young guy, Glenn, I think his name is, Uh, back when it happened, back in the very early piece, because he'd he'd mentioned to... It was well known that this vehicle had been seen, but there was never any uh, weight put on that. There was never any connection put on what that vehicle may have been doing. Uh, The police certainly never raised it as a possibility or a lead or or something that they are following up. It was never discussed.
6: Yeah, there's a lot of questions, isn't there, as you talk to people and their memories, you know, are still some vivid, but also things fade over the years. There's certainly people who want to know more. I'm hoping that helping your family out will do this. So do you have hopes that something will happen? We've seen it before with other cases. There's been information come out later, many years later.
8: I I still hold hope that we'll one day find out what happened to her, but
1: long ago I gave up
8: hope of probably ever seeing her again. One day I hope we find out what happened to her, for sure.
6: Regarding the sightings of Susie the day after the party, I asked Victoria Police if these were considered credible and accurate. The official response I received is... No person has provided information of Suzanne's whereabouts after the party that can be independently corroborated or verified. The sightings reported of Suzanne post her disappearance vary in credibility and veracity. None have been able to be corroborated, but some are reported by people who knew Suzanne well. We have and continue to explore all information brought to us. You can read the full response from Victoria Police to my questions via our Facebook page and the show notes for this episode. If you have any information that could help find out what happened to Suzanne Lawrence, call Crimestoppers on 1800 333 000 or report online at crimestoppersvic.com.au. For more information on the Australian Federal Police's National Missing Persons Coordination Centre and National Missing Persons Week, go to afp.gov.au. I'm deeply grateful to Susie's family, Liz Westwood and Tony Lawrence, and Susie's friends, Tracy Squires, Natalie Chilipano, Matthew Hughes and Glenn Taylor for speaking with me for this episode. I'd also like to thank the people I've been in contact with for background information. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.
4: This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the ACAST Creator Network.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,